Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Warning. This podcast discusses difficult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Vanya. Hi, I'm Avrin, and this is Rom Crime. The word vigilante is complex. It can seem black and white. But today, we aim to take you into the gray. Yay, Avrin, hello. Hi, Miss Vanya. What's going on? Not much. We're back in separate rooms recording right now because I moved to suburban land. And that's just how it, that's how we roll. So, so we still see each other, but this is like the best way to record for me because right. nighttime is the right time, as they say. That's right. <laughs> nighttime is the right time. I like that. I kind of come alive at night. I do too. And it, the hard thing is, is I would come more alive, but you know, I have wee ones that get up really early. It's just so rude. Stay in bed, guys. You don't know how lucky you are that you can sleep in a little. I know. You just never know until you don't, until you know. Yeah. You never know until you know. I um, know it. What was I going to say? Um, we skipped a week. So sorry to our people waiting uh, with bated breath out there. I, as you guys know, had a huge move. It was more than I expected. And it was just like, I couldn't get it together. So thank you for being patient, y'all. Oh, I think I think anybody that's ever moved understands how stressful and like what a huge undertaking that is. And yeah. to take a week off from recording because everything you own was boxed up and yeah. both locations and yeah. all of that stuff so but we are thank you guys for bearing with us well guess what <laughs> Avrin? i got my deposit back so that's my oh. whole goal always is like i am a freak i'm like i've gotten most of my deposit back in every apartment i've ever lived in in, in new york that's Amazing. I feel like I always just assume I'm not getting it back. And then I'm pleasantly surprised that I pretty much always have. See, this is why we're such a good team, because I'm always I'm like the hardcore, like, 
not I'm I wouldn't say I'm a type, but I'm just like a hyperactive anxiety queen. So I'm like, I'm gonna scrub the shit out of this. I gotta get my money back, man. I gotta get my money back. But anyways, I did and I was I felt really good because it was a huge well, good. deposit. It was bigger than any deposit I'd ever so I'm not gonna complain. And guys, I know if you guys have moved recently, you know how much it um sucks the big A. And also my sweet ch- small children, every time I try to unpack, they like will be putting stuff back in the box. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are going to give me a nervous breakdown. <laughs> like you're literally going to make my head explode. God bless. You're like, you guys seriously, like either help me or go outside. I mean, that's how I feel all the I time. I think you should just turn into like a full-blown 80s mom. I mean, and I, I'm just there. banish them, banish them yeah. to the outside until the sun goes down. Just well, be like, I- you're not allowed in the house. I don't want to see you. <laughs> Just don't get into any trouble, but just I don't want to see you until it's dinner time. I mean, we've moved far away. That could possibly happen when they're a little bit older. I mean, the three-year-old is a real terror. I'm looking behind me and hoping he doesn't like walk in. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, it just he, you guys, I, I do not want to derail our true crime because I'd much rather, you know, s- slip into that today. But like three sucks. They're so mean. Like my son was the sweetest. My daughter, when she was a baby, nightmare nightmare baby she was like constantly vexed i never knew what was wrong i figured out she had gas all the time i don't know but my son was just like the sweetest calmest chillest bro out there no not anymore now he's like a insane person so i'm gonna read a book if anybody has any recommendations out there who has kids i'd love please dm us i'm just in hell right now with a three-year-old like two terrible twos that who said that it's just not didn't experience my experience because three right, but don't is they like call it nightmare. like three three nager? Yeah, yeah. Because I feel yeah. like if I could describe your three year old <laughs> when when he's not being wonderful, which is a lot of the time, because he's really he is still wonderful and sweet most no, of the time. Is. But when You're... but when he isn't being wonderful, it's like that assholic teenager a- attitude. Yeah, you know where you're just like, um, why do you think you get to talk to me like exactly? That? child <laughs> i know and somebody had posted i think it was my friend jessica and i like sent it to all the other moms with young children um something about like remember that like kids up till i don't know past their teens or whatever their like emotions are not right reg- they can't regulate their emotions yet so i would i was getting really like upset and like offended at how rude he was being and so you know I right. was like, you try not to take it personal anymore. Yeah, but I'm like, you're being <laughs> yeah. really rude, and you're hurting mommy's feelings. And then I pretend to cry, and then he looks at me weird. Okay, sorry. Let's <laughs> let's get into what we're doing. Let's get into what we're, so this week, you guys, we are we're really um we're really bending our vigilante here. But uh, yeah, <laughs> basically, we're asking you, our audience, to be the vigilantes, but not commit murder. Oh, I love that. But we we want you to help free Britney. Actually, that's true. Her fans, you could say. When mm-hmm. the because as we as you heard in our intro, like vigilantism is is it's it can be a gray area, but it's also when people feel like the law is not protecting them. So right. Brit- Britney Spears, guys, Britney Spears fans did not feel like the law was protecting her. So mm-hmm. they got up in arms. And I honestly, you guys, this documentary, what's it called? Frame- it's called Framing Britney yes. Spears or and- Framing Britney. And it's part of the New York Times presents right. docu-series that is on FX or you can watch it on Hulu. That's right. I found out you can't watch it in Canada or anything yet. What? Apparently you don't get to watch Hulu in Canada. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I was like reading something about like everything you need to know from this documentary that I did watch. So I, I just wanted to see if there was any 
anything yeah. I didn't know that or I didn't catch. But the only thing that was new info to me was that you can't watch it in Canada. That's very weird. Hmm. Sorry, yeah, Canada. Only because, yeah, Canada, you'll get there. Well, maybe I think there's it's just a matter of time. Maybe there's maybe they get effects. I wonder. Maybe. If I just know that it. they said that it was the doc was like uploaded to Vimeo and YouTube and like removed for legal reasons because oh. they don't have access to oh. to the content yet. Well, it's I'm not really it's maybe a, it's a New York Times thing. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that could be. It's a damn good documentary and I feel like I remember uh well, first off, let's talk about Britney Spears back when we were in the early 2000s when she was big. You right. were you in high school or were you in college? So I graduated from high school in the year 2000. I feel like I was in high school the first time I heard a Britney song, but I also might just be trying to pretend I'm younger than I am. And I was actually <laughs> out of high school. But she was like the the princess of pop, you know? I mean, yeah. there it was all boy bands. And then came Britney. And then That's quickly true. followed by Christina and everyone in the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, right, right. I remember but yeah, Christina. But she was the first. She, you know, I was, I think I was in, I had graduated. So I think you must have been in high school because I was, it was right after I graduated. I remember from high school and I remember like, here's the thing about me. You guys want to know Dirty Derek's secret? I love pop music. (laughs) I love pop music so much. I am embarrassed because I, I love weird music. I mean, like not weird. I like fringe music too. Like Erica Badu's Mama's Gun is one of my favorite albums. I love Bjork. I mean, I I love Billie Eilish. She's she's not fringe, but you know what I mean? I like like the different sounds, but I every once in a while need a goddamn beat. I want to pop it. I want to lock it. And I want to just like, you know, whip my hair back and forth. Yeah. No, but there is a reason why I think that the pop genre tends to kind of overwhelm a lot of other genres and it's because there's a formula to it and it's a song that's been like scientifically proven to be catchy to most humans sure sure um and so that's not anything to feel i don't think that needs to be a deep dark secret anymore i guess you are allowed to say i don't i I love me some pop music yeah i do i love me some pop music and i loved britney spears when she first came out i loved her songs my very favorite britney spears song is probably toxic because i just thought that was like the best music video ever with the snake that's yeah. My my daughter actually really likes that song because we do well. We haven't done it in a little while, but in the beginning of the pandemic, we worked out. <laughs> Remember when people did that? Um, but we in the morning really. we would all like jump around and dance to music, and like my husband and I would do like lifting weights stuff, and in between we'd be like cardio or you know just being nuts. And she would always be like, "Play Toxic Again, Mama." I'm like, "Okay," um, but my favorite is is three. Do you remember that song? One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees when I'm cold in between. It just like one, has two, the three, most, it just makes you want to move. It's so good. There's there, Honestly wow. though, if you go back, my husband and I used to do this. I don't know if you guys ever do this, like do a, a YouTube-a-thon where you each go back and forth playing a video. And it could be music, oh. it could be anything like listen, we've been together a long time. You get bored. Sometimes you don't want to watch movies. So so we're like, okay, I'm going to play a music video. Sometimes it's a comedy bit, but we got yeah. we got on a, on a Britney Spears train and damn, they're fun. And all the music videos are good. Because her videos were epic too. Like not just, not just the songs, like the songs were obviously very catchy and incredibly popular, yeah. but like her music videos were you know, and then remember like the VMAs with her and Christina and Madonna, like, yes, they were, they, she was like basically like 
the next Madonna. Yes. And then since her, I'm guessing we could say like Lady Gaga would be the next example of what Britney was. That's right. But Lady Gaga didn't let anybody, I don't know. Lady Gaga is a very strong well, like, person. Right. And Lady Gaga also came into the industry a little bit later on. Right. When, she was older. As we, as we, and she was much older. But as we know, with time comes hopefully a little bit of wisdom and mm-hmm. a little bit more every freaking day. But um, man, when Britney was coming up, the world was a very different place. But not yeah. that different, which is why this documentary, I think, was so triggering for so many people yes. in terms of like that it just it made Vanya and I were texting uh, while was, watching. It. And yeah. I was like, I was like ragey. I Me just too. I felt like I wanted to cry, but I also felt like I wanted to punch my television. And yeah, just be I like, feel the same way. I just know that I wasn't aware enough or kind enough when everything was going down with her, when she was clearly struggling with mental health issues to not also find it entertaining. Cause I, d- I remember it was, I mean, it was everywhere. So you couldn't not see it. Right. But I like, also I rage watched it. I kind of hated myself. Cause I was like, Oh my God. I remember just being like, Holy, yeah. what is going on? It's like when obviously whatever was happening there was not something that should have ever been ridiculed. No. What got her there was not something that should have ever been tolerated by anyone who mm-hmm. had any idea, which means anyone who ever watched an interview with her. Um, all yeah, of it was she wrong. was kind. All we- of it was wrong. I feel like for me back in those in 2003 or whenever the whole shit went down with her shaving her head and everything, I remember thinking to myself, and this is just honest, is she has money. What's her problem? I guess I didn't, I did not really understand as you find, and actually as you find in this documentary, but as we have covered with Diana, Lady Diana, mm-hmm. as we've covered with other celebrities and people, the, the paparazzi, I... Some of the video, some of the footage that they showed, I would have freaked out long before. I would have probably exactly. like thrown a camera at somebody's head long before. And she never did anything to anybody. Well, she did come at them with the, with the, uh, the umbrella. But umbrella. that was after. But like, screw them. Over screw them. over a like a, that was a decade after they started following her every move. You know exactly. And um and she was usually kind to them. And the fact that she was able to stay that way. For so long. It was interesting because I, I read a little bit about the documentary after watching it because I was mm-hmm. just so fascinated. But I, I came across something that was um, giving an example of a celebrity that's actually always been on the right side of history. Because I know we're going to talk about a couple of people in this that yeah. were so fucking awful mm-hmm. and wrong and cruel. And um, so Zoe Saldana from like, you know, Avatar. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. She was in a movie with the movie that Britney Spears was in because I think she only did maybe one major motion picture. Oh yeah, I love movie, that like, movie. Crossroads. Yeah. yeah, it was a great movie. But <laughs> she was she was like interviewed back kind of right around the time I think after Britney's like so called meltdown or whatever, and she gave a, an interview where she said, you know, I can honestly tell you from working in this business that Britney Spears is professional. She's also one of the only truly like humble, kind people I have ever met in this industry. And I think it's really like bullshit garbage that it was cool (laughs) that it that what happened to her is that we as a society, as the consumers of celebrity, we decided that it was cool to be awful about and to Britney Spears. Like that was it was meant to be like if you can make fun of Britney Spears on late night TV, if you can talk shit about 
her as, you know, her ex, her ex-boyfriend can say like horrible things about her. People can put all kinds of weird like responsibility on this teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And then again, and then young mother at the time that it's like F all of us for all of it. But yeah. Zoe Saldana actually was like, I think she's wonderful. And I think that the way people treat her is not fair. And I don't know why it ever was cool to be cruel. That to sucks. Be, to Brittany. I mean, but I, I liked that. I was like, at least one person was on the right side of his I like that this. too. I did you have you um, followed her Instagram over the past little while? So I've been following her Instagram. And sometimes I've been like worried about her because I didn't I didn't I did not know anything about uh, the conservative ship conservatorship, which is what we're going to talk about here in a little mm-hmm. bit. I didn't know anything which what's what is the definition of that of a conservatorship? So a conservatorship is nor- normally like something that happens with elderly people. Got so it. it's basically when a court of law deems somebody mentally incapable of taking care of themselves and their finances mm-hmm. and they award somebody conserv so it's basically like um being what like if what if you're like the trustee of someone's estate when they pass away and then all of their everything that they would have been responsible for comes to you it's mm-hmm. like the the version of that as though the person is still alive mm-hmm. so she is a living breathing 39 year old woman but it happened when she was has, in 2008 when she was 26 years old right and so, and it was also something that came up in the documentary. It was meant to be temporary. It was meant to be a temporary conservatorship while she got help. Yeah. Um, and went, you know, to to like rehab and therapy and all those things. But it's now been, what, the 13 years yeah. later? Where are we yeah. now? Yeah. So 13 years later, and he, um, her father, Jamie Spears, still has full conservatorship well, actually, the court just like this a couple days ago. Because I know back in November of 2019, she went to court and um, they would not they did not remove him because I guess he got sick, very sick ah. in 2018. And so a new lady who was like an impartial third party took over the conservatorship while he was ill. And then when he was better and came back to like take the reins back, Brittany said, I would actually prefer it if this impartial third or I don't know if she was impartial. I made that up. But yeah. this other person remains in charge of my conservatorship. And the courts denied it as recently as November of 2019. But I do know that I just saw in the news that like something did change. I don't know if it's that he's th- been removed but that, or that but they, they agreed to bring in someone else to yeah. also be yeah. like an equal, like a co-chair. But it's wild. So real quick, Vaughn, I think before we just get into the, all of the injustices yes committed committed against this this young woman who was thrust into the spotlight who worked her butt off her mm-hmm. whole life um only to now have the only way that she could take any control back was to basically stop refuse to perform to say like until right. my dad is no longer in charge of my money and my life i will not get on stage again and she did it in a very like famously loud open like shocking way when she walked away from her Vegas residency but before that what you should know is that Britney Spears is from a small town from a very young age her parents who were not like showbiz people but she was exhibiting a lot a lot of talent as a singer and so they were like what do we do with her they took her to New York she went on star search she took acting lessons she eventually Landed up um, on the Mickey Mouse Club, which launched a lot of famous people, including, yeah. like we mentioned before, Christina Aguilera. 
who we will be talking about soon, Justin Timberlake, and even Ryan Gosling. Um, and they were all on it oh, like really? at the same time. Yeah, they were all on it at the same time. I and then when no the idea. Mickey yeah, when the Mickey Mouse Club was canceled, she, I guess, um had signed like some kind of a maybe to a record label. And she was doing that thing that is so eighties, even though it was the nineties. But she was doing mall tours. Right. I love that. While, but that's like, how she was getting her fans. You know, people were Yeah, for she sure. Was working they her butt said off. That she was wor- she was working hard. She was kind of in charge even she had like a guardian because she was underage but her parents had you know she has a younger sister who's also famous jamie lynn spears who weirdly her name is literally both her parents first name which i just was like i find that so odd that literally be like if you guys have a third child you would name name them like vanya adam or adam vanya depending on your girl and you call them by both names like because she doesn't go by just jamie or just lynn she's jamie lynn and that happens to be the Spears' parents' names. Jamie is the dad. Lynn is the mom. So she gets, she gets, you know, the record deal. She's doing mall tours. And then Hit Me Baby One More Time kind of hits it big, right? The music yeah. video comes out. And Britney was kind of like the perfect pop princess. Like she played to the MTV crowd perfectly. She was always like doing TRL and all this stuff. She was really sweet. Clearly like a Southern kind of belle, very polite, um, very nice, Mm-hmm. Very open. Then she gets into a relationship with, you know, like one of the biggest superstars from the boy band part of the pop music, you know, world that she was in, Justin yeah. Timberlake. They have a, they're like royalty, like America. Because we don't have, they say that because we don't have royalty here, we have celebrity couples. So we do the same to right. celebrity couples that like the, you know, the British people do to like the the monarchy or whatever. But so they were a very public couple for three years. And then they broke up and she went from being like pop, you know, pop princess to like vilified harlot who was like promiscuous and broke poor Justin Timberlake's heart. And he really played that narrative, which is the perfect example of it is his first big um, solo hit when he left NSYNC and went on a solo career was uh, Cry Me a River. And in the video, because it's a song about being cheated on and he cast somebody in it that the, the way that they shot it, because it's always like from behind and that. But I mean, it was meant to be very obviously Britney. And then he went on talk shows and talked about their sex life and all this private stuff, but really vilified her and like leaned into that narrative. And so now she's been labeled as like basically, I hate this word, but a slut. Yeah. So well, she's so being much slut shamed. Yeah. yeah, she's being slut shamed. Um you know, she's what, 20, maybe 20 years old when that mm-hmm. all goes down and the media just kind of turns on her. So instead of being followed around, but being like a pop princess who's sweet and but yeah. people are still asking her God awful questions. Well, like, they're telling they're telling a narrative on those on those rag mags, you know, and even not just the rag mags, but they're selling they're selling the story. And of course, Diane Sawyer, which I could not believe this footage. I've always I always, for some reason, respected Diane Sawyer. Of course. She's no more. Diane Sawyer. Yeah. No more. Because well, until she comes out and publicly apologizes, she needs to say something. She like, that does. video is now back in our public consciousness and the way that she spoke to this, and looked this girl. At and basically suggested, like, how are we supposed to protect our daughters from you? Yeah, she said a lot of mothers. You're upset a lot of mothers. And she talks. She quoted Kendall Ehrlich. Then the gov- governor of Maryland's wife, and she said that this woman Kendall wanted was gonna wanted to shoot Britney Spears. And if you look at the footage, you can watch the whole interview online. 
Britney Spears wells up and tries to remain calm and she responds and she's like, oh, that's, that's horrible. That, that's really bad. You know, like, and it was so yeah. sad. It's so upsetting. Diane Sora then switched around. And she's like, it sounds like you've had a really rough year. <laughs> and then Britney's like, I want to stop the interview because fuck you, Diane Sawyer. Sorry about yeah, my language. Yeah, and basically, but she basically kind of insinuates that like these mothers have a problem with you because guess what? You're like a tramp who broke Justin Timberlake's heart and you like to wear sexy clothes in your music videos like every other musician, male yeah. and female. But you know what I love that she said? Yeah, she's like, I'm yeah. not your, the, the babysitter. Like, yeah, she's you like, don't I'm not trying to babysit to my, the kids. <laughs> right, like, but if you don't want your kid listening to my music, then don't let them listen to the, my music. But her music was awesome and fun and so danceable. I thought she represented at the time, you know, when all of this stuff was going on. She just, she was so in command of her, of her body because she was, I would say even more than a, an, a, a talented singer. She was such a good dancer. Yeah, she was in and performer. shape. She just seemed like she had such command and confidence. And so in this documentary, you really watch well-respected journalists like Diane Sawyer, Matt Lauer, which just made me Gross. want to kill myself. And I'm, I'm like, like, you're, you're a rapist. rapist. <laughs> literally the whole time as he's giving her a hard time and making her cry. I'm like, you're literally leaving this to go like rape a poor intern. You should just sorry, off yeah. tangent. Yeah, but still, but, um, there's a lot of frustrating stuff like that. But to watch this girl who, yeah, per the people they interviewed in the documentary, you know, when she was first blowing up and huge, she was incredibly involved in every aspect of her career. The choreography, who was hired, the look of it, the vibe, um, the music videos, like all of this was her idea and she was leading the charge. So mm -hmm. she's obviously also very like competent and, and capable. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you just watch in this documentary as all of these outside sources just strip away that mm -hmm. confidence, strip away that command. And then it ultimately ends with her literally being stripped of of herself, like yeah. her whole life has been handed over to her father, who we also find out in the documentary was like not involved in her life at all, other than like would say, My daughter's gonna buy me a boat someday. But it was, he wasn't like a, a present dad. He wasn't really in the picture. Like I remember when Britney was first blowing up, like her mom, Lynn Spears. This was like the kind of the same time where like Lindsay Lohan, like the, when Britney started to kind of, seemed to be publicly crumbling per the tabloid stories that they were telling us. Um, that was also like Lindsay Lohan and like Paris Hilton, you know, when they were all like hanging together. But there was like Dina Lohan. I think her name was Dina or That's Dina the mom. Lohan. Yeah, yeah. Dina Lohan. Yeah. And Lynn Spears, I remember thinking, seemed kind of like that as well. Like she would yeah. go on talk shows with Britney. And now when you actually say that out loud, you're like, that's weird. Like, why would your mom, who is not famous, had nothing to do with the movie that's coming out or the, or the album that just came out? Unless they did. But they're just your mom and your manager. Like, actors and singers don't bring their managers on, like, Jay Leno, who's no longer on TV, thank God. Who, by the way, made fun of her every night for, like, three years. Made a joke about her. And there's a Craig Ferguson uh, clip of him back in the, back in the day saying... You know, I don't feel good about this story. And he's doing his more his opening monologue and people are kind of laughing. He's like, no, this isn't funny. I don't think we should be making fun of this girl. This She's actually yeah. a human being. And it was like, that was good to see too. So look at somebody on the right yes. side as well. So Craig Ferguson and Zoe Saldana, you found yourselves on the right side of history and I bet it feels so fucking good. Just remember that. 
people who are going to find themselves on the wrong side of history. It feels really good to find yourself on the right side. So try to be on the right side. And Justin Timberlake did apologize, which is good. And he also apologized because remember what he did to Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. I'm so glad he did because you and I were talking about it before he apologized. And I was like, I will have to probably not listen to any Justin Timberlake music anymore if he doesn't come out and say, oh, my God. I am so sorry. I am a big part of the problem. But he did actually come out and say just that. And he addressed both what he did to Britney Spears and what what happened to Janet Jackson on basically it was his fault that she had a wardrobe malfunction if it wasn't planned. And if it was planned, they obviously both made the decision to do it. And she was punished severely in the media and career wise. And he again was made only more famous and more successful. He said, I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak for what is right, for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. And that is true. Uh, It's hard for me to be like, I'm okay with you, but... Well, no, I'm very glad he apologized. Like, I am I just too. said, if, if Diane Sawyer would come out and say... Well, that's what I'm saying is her... I'm so sorry. It was then her, I would be like, maybe you weren't just a terrible person, you know, It in was that so moment. casual. It was so like she was... So such casual misogyny. I've read things where people are like, a woman doing it to another woman. Well, that is happens a lot, you know, especially back yeah. then. I was watching a clip of Rosie... Rosie O'Donnell used to have a television show. And I know there's a lot of people who love her and fans of her, but... She was interviewing Mariah Carey and slut shamed her about her outfit. And Mariah was not having it. And I was like, oh, I like I like Mariah. But it's also like, why, you know, why do you feel like you could do that to a woman and not talk about something personal to a guy? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I guess the point is, is things are hopefully changing. And it, and actually, right. it's a good thing that we are now saying I can't believe they said that back in 2003 or in 2008 or whatever. Yeah. You know? So it's a that good thing we're feeling that, that way. Yeah, that we see that and we recognize at least now what we didn't recognize then, which is that it's one highly yeah, misogynistic, sexist, racist, all of those things, because those things are so deeply embedded and ingrained in our society in like American culture that it's not shocking to see a woman do it to another woman because it's what we it's all we know. Um. And to know now that people are recognizing how wrong it is and how ugly it is and how um, unfair it is, because, again, we can just go back to like the Justin Timberlake thing of it all. But it's how can a man and a woman be in the exact same moment? Right. So the moment happens to both of them and he is lauded and finds greater success and more infamy and she is destroyed. And it's the same. It's the same moment, the same so-called whatever committed in in said moment and it's just it's so easy or it was so easy back even just as recently as like the 2010 time um to just accept that that's like totally fine you know where now we know like it's not it's not okay like women don't need don't need any extra help already dealing with like an unfair unjust <laughs> world we live in and then to have it be so public and to have like respected people ask you I mean I mean not and also not respected but like the number of times I showed interviews where she's literally a 17 year old girl and they're being like so let's talk about your boobs real or fake like what the f yeah and that's that really happened they show footage of it so it's it's wild but so back to the documentary the 
tabloids are all over her. JT kind of changes her narrative in a horrible way, and she never really bounces back from it. She meets a, a backup, or he's one of her backup dancers who's married at the time to, a, and has kids. His name's Kevin Federline. Super fantastic guy that was. Anyway, but she falls in love with him. They have a relationship. He leaves his baby mama or his wife. He and Brittany get married, and they quickly have two children back to back. And she's only, what, 25 at the time? Yeah. And then also to have people following your every move, talking about how you're a mess and a bad mom while you're trying to be like a first-time mother to a newborn. That sounds super helpful to anyone's mental state. Well, yeah. A lot Um, of theory is that she was suffering from serious postpartum depression, and that's probably what made her snap. I mean, she did do stupid things like drive with her baby in the front seat of the car just trying to get away from paparazzi. But meanwhile, we see like a... I don't know, like a dude in a suit, like one of her bodyguards sitting in the passenger. I'd be like, if it was me, I'd be like, you you drive the car. I'll be with my baby in the back. So she definitely made stupid decisions. But you know what? She was scared. Right. And she was, and she, yeah, she was young and she has like thousands of photographers because Vanya, I recently like got into the car with you. It takes some time to strap a kiddo into a, oh, into yeah. a thing. And so when you have people that are coming at you, that are scaring you and making you feel threatened. Yeah, it, maybe it's not actually that unthinkable to think that your response would just be to get out of there, even if it means your baby is on your lap. It's not It's not the right call, for sure. But it's also an understandable like decision to be made in that moment. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people have been saying that they think that kind of that unraveling, that that infamous moment where she shaved her head and then smashed a paparazzi's car with an umbrella that a lot of all of that mental anguish was a result of untreated postpartum depression because she had had two children back to back. Yeah. And I think what 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 the documentary makes us all ask the question is, who was looking out for Britney Spears? Right, because it turns out it was nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like parents only stepped in when they were, when dad, who was not involved or part of her life in any meaningful way, saw a legal way to take over her money. Mm-hmm. That's and what then it seems he to was be. all, yeah. That's or that's how the documentary seems. That's what it, I think it suggests, and I think seems kind of plausible based on the you know firsthand accounts of people who are her friends or people who were on her backup dancers who were in her orbit who who knew her and who were like, I never met her dad. Now he was never there, and then all of a sudden he just like shows up when she is because she is basically committed. You know, when she was taken, she was taken from her home. I don't know if she committed herself, but like she was taken in an ambulance from her home. Um, I mean, it was a big deal. She lost custody of her children and was in and out of like facilities to help with her um, mental health. And then, I don't know, potentially other issues going on. And then her dad, who was an uninvolved parent, swoops in. So weird. In, this is 2008 and is granted temporary conservatorship over her, basically her all of her assets and I guess kind of what she's allowed to do. And that's where I'm like, what the F she was like so young, but it was supposed to be temporary. It has now been set like 12, 13 years later. And that's where this free Britney movement has come from because it was never meant to be a permanent conservatorship. It was, that wasn't how it was designed. And yet whatever is going on legally, which I don't know too many details about what's happening in the courtroom, but like they're not, they're not agreeing that Britney should be allowed to have, control of her own life again. 
Yeah, it just seems really, really, it seems weird. It seems nefarious. It seems like there's something shady going on here. I love Brittany's um, reaction to saying no more. Her only, the only thing she could do was to say, I will not perform again until my dad is no longer my conservator. She's not even saying until I get my life back and get to make all my decisions. Just not my dad is all she's saying. And she walked on stage and then off stage in Vegas without speaking to anybody and never went back again and was like, I will not perform as long as my father is my conservator. And I think that's all you need to know. She's not even asking for the conservatorship to be like negated. She just doesn't want him to do it. And there's got to be a reason that's valid for that. Oh, for sure. It it just feels unfair. And I'm with I'm with the Britney fans. There's there's a the lawyer from the beginning who kind of is like he's alluding to we don't know you know he's like there must be a reason the judges chose to give her conservatorship in the first place there must be a reason but we know with how much like prosecutorial fraud that goes out there right and how much money and I, I there's an interview with like the brother at some point in 2020 he's like it's a it, essentially saying like it's a family business like she doesn't just do everything but also you don't have to have a conservative ship to pay your family so yeah hire your family give them a job yeah pay them that way but also there's been some weird shady stuff you know on the side so there was a lawyer and i'm so sorry i didn't write down his name but he had he had basically petitioned petitioned the court to be paid more money from her estate to continue to be the lawyer And then abruptly out of nowhere resigned kind of in the middle of all this free Britney stuff. And so people are like, so what's the story there? And also like, why is the lawyer asking for more money? And is it because he's having to do some really fucked up shit on behalf of her dad in order to maintain his control? I don't know. A lot of this is speculation. But a lot of it is also... We're speculators. What can we say? We're speculators. I mean, that's what this documentary was meant, I think, to show us. Not only just how effed up the treatment of Britney Spears on yeah. every possible side of the, you know, of the coin of her existence once she like became famous, how unfair everybody was to her, but also like what the hell is going on with her dad? Like, I know I think, you know what? I think he looks like the Richard Scott from love fraud. I'm like, this guy's oh my a grifter. God. He is a grifter. Don't you think? Yes, he does. Well, he does. You know. And I mean, I don't I, know, but I'm just like, just free Britney, you guys. Yeah, and they will because the truth is the wave is moving. the The pendulum is swinging. Motivation is is moving in the way of Britney, right? And the and scrutiny is there, right? I love people her. are people are yeah. paying attention now. So anytime there is a court yeah. or a legal um, hearing that involves this conservatorship, like all eyes are going to be on it now. Like nobody's not yeah. going to cover it. Oh, everybody's going to want to know all the it. details. And so hopefully, hopefully. hopefully somebody the, will finally say, like, no, it should be if we don't feel that she can take control of her finances and her decision making, then we should pick an impartial third party who has nothing to gain from it. It's just their job. You know, like this is what we do professionally, like a bank or I don't and, know. Banks are bad. Too, right. But, you know, but, but also, like not her dad. But also there's enough, there's enough bad shit people out of, out of, in this world that have their own, they're in control of all of their own stuff. You know what I mean? She's not like hurting anyone or herself. We don't see that. But you know what I think would be poetic? I think that the media that brought her down in the first place, if they're the ones that shine light on this, then that's their... that they can redeem themselves. Right. Like, and they should help her, but like, they should also 
make sure to shine a light on how awful the treatment of her was and how responsible they are for her current situation, along with a lot of other people. I mean, we I don't even want to get into it because it's just so many people glommed on to Britney to try to take advantage of her, especially when she was going through a hard time. Yeah, it was just so fascinating. It's interesting because it's sort of a person that when we were coming of age, she was going through all this stuff and she was a huge deal. And I remember watching that South Park episode. I don't know if anybody watched it out there where it was really disturbing, but it's essentially the town. They have Britney Spears on the episode and they they sacrifice her. I mean, quite literally oh my sacrifice God. her like Jesus Christ. You know, they crucify her because it's the idea that the I have to say the writers are very smart on that show because they saw what was happening that the you know the people the world right, devouring all the media were getting her, off yeah. on it yeah so so yeah it's it's sad but I really hope she gets hers and free Britney that's what I got to yeah say. I'm with you free Britney and if anything prosecute her dad for taking all of her money and being an a horrible loser, terrible father. I know we should get a um, we should get a private eye. I'm sure they. I wonder if the Free Britney movement has a private investigator. I bet they do. They're pretty. Awesome. They're pretty like legit. Yeah, watch it, guys. Once more, it's called Framing Britney Spears, part of the New York Times. Uh, sorry, the New York Times presents, which is on FX and or Hulu. Check it out because it is really worth watching. If you haven't yeah. seen it, if you remember Britney Spears and you remember all of the stories, it's such a. It's a. It's a eye-opener and it's worth watching that's right thank you so much you guys for yes, listening we you. love you to pieces please subscribe if you haven't and then if you don't mind take a minute and i'm sure all of you listening have already written a review on apple if you haven't please oh we would love it, it if you would yeah we want to keep this baby alive and oh my god you guys 2021 we got some stuff in store for you and we love you guys Bye. thank you for listening to this episode of rom crime We have new episodes out every Friday, so feel free to subscribe if you want to follow along with us. You can also follow us on Instagram at romcrime, that is R-O-M-C-R-I-M-E, or you can email us at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Mm